What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pals, Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with your review for Dynamite, March 29th, 2022. How are you doing? How are you doing this evening? I, I don't know where you guys are in the world, I'm doing great. I'm in a great mood because the last of the restrictions in Ontario, where I live, are dropping in, count them, count them, count them, 12 days. All the restrictions, all the limits, all the capacities, all the closures, all the lockdowns, and masks leave us on the 21st of March. All things being equal, if politicians don't do what politicians do. I'm in a great mood. I was looking forward to tonight's show. Coming off of a hell of a weekend. And even last night was pretty good. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that first. Sacrifice. You guys saw my preview for that. Sacrifice was pretty damn good. It was a smaller, uh, smaller impact show. And it is the setup for Rebellion. And the big headline coming out of that is the main event of Rebellion is Josh Alexander versus Moose for the Impact Championship, which was fine. I mean, Tasha Steeles won the women's title. Yay. I mean, she's not Mickey James, but she's not much better. Uh, and... You know, Bullet Club stuff is Bullet Club stuff, and Honor No More stuff is Honor No More stuff, and the show overall was really good. I'm really underselling it, because that's not really the, the point of the pod, but Sacrifice was really good. Revolution, you guys also saw my preview for, was fantastic, as you all know. If you're tuning into my review of Dynamite, then I don't have to tell you that uh, Revolution was awesome. CM Punk versus MJF was fantastic. CM Punk versus MJF should have been the main event. I'm just putting that one out there. Um... The ridiculous matches were ridiculous. It was cool to see Eric Redbeard in that in that uh, six-man tag. The other six-man tag was ridiculous. Uh, Kingston and Jericho was what it was. We're going to talk about that later on tonight. Uh, Moxley versus Danielson was what it was. We're going to talk about that later on tonight. Uh, Britt Baker is still the women's champion. Jade Cargill is unfortunately still the TBS champion. The TNT title wasn't on the line, but it was on the line on uh, on Friday's Rampage. I was about to say on Friday's SmackDown, wrong company, whatever. Um, but overall, um, you guys know I don't really do reviews for pay-per-views, but Revolution was everything it needed to be and more. It was super fucking long, and uh, I don't mind that it was super fucking long because it was super fucking good. Uh, shout out, as always, to the guys at What Culture do, who do uh, great watch-along streams that make the show a lot more fun as well. Now, the third of the trifecta of previews that I never got done was NXT Roadblock. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, after doing the Sacrifice preview and the Revolution preview on Thursday, I sort of tapped out. I was losing my voice and I, it, I had every intention of doing it over the course of the weekend, but real life, you know, when in the season finale of COVID, when real life is coming back, real life does come first, and I was uh, was exhausted, I'm not going to lie, I did a bunch of family stuff on the weekend, then came home and watched Sacrifice, and then came home and watched Revolution, so didn't do a preview for Roadblock, I mean, it is what it is, it's an elevated weekly show, and it wasn't even really that elevated, except for the headline being that Dolph Ziggler is the new NXT champion. I don't know I don't know what to say other than we're giving NXT titles to underused and underappreciated members of the main roster. Looking at you, Dolph Ziggler, looking at you, Mandy Rose, and definitely looking at Toxic Attraction. Damn. Anyways, so the next as I said, the next thing coming up for Impact will be Rebellion. I will be doing a preview for that, obviously. Um I don't know much else about the card just yet. I know we're getting Moose versus Josh Alexander, which is cool. We're getting uh, Trey Miguel is defending the X Division Championship in a in a triple threat 
with uh, competitors to be determined, I think, is, is the key there. Um, it's going to be kind of cool for me because it means in a very short span of time I will be watching TV to watch Josh Alexander hopefully pick up the Impact World Championship from Moose, but I will also be seeing uh, Josh Alexander, you know, check it off your Spice Phoenix bucket list, at Destiny Haywire when he's defending his Destiny Championship against John Morrison, where I will also be seeing uh, Taya Valkyrie take on our very own Alexia Nicole, which is going to be very, very cool. Same weekend, I'm also going to the WWE Road to WrestleMania Tour in Toronto at the Coca-Cola Coliseum, and it's going to be hosted apparently by Trish Stratus, which doesn't hurt my feelings at all. There is so, there are so much wrestling. There's also something coming up for Impact, and I have to look more into it. I don't have the details right now, but there's something uh, closer to WrestleMania called the Multiverse of Matches, which is, which is a very nice use of, of current pop culture, and we are getting the Good Brothers versus the Briscoes, so I'll be seeing the Briscoe Brothers for the first time. Yes, come make fun of me in the comment section down below. But Jesus Christ, I've rambled on long enough, and Jesus Christ, we need to talk about this show. Now, two things. I can either say, well, AEW really hit the reset button with this episode, but I, I'm going to give them a higher form of praise, because there's something in WWE that used to mean a whole lot, and, and they do, they try some years, and they don't try other years, but it is the whole phenomenon known as the Raw after WrestleMania. Now, they don't really do much, or they do underwhelming things, because there's no actual surprises, it's just, you know, somebody coming over from a brand, or somebody coming back to a brand, or somebody coming up from NXT, but they don't really do NXT call-ups anymore, so I don't know what they're going to do with that. This, very much felt like, if we're going to make it a thing, the dynamite after revolution, uh, or the revolution fallout, or whatever, because they did, they hit the reset button on just about everything, just about, even the stuff I don't like, they found a way to make it better, they found a way to replace it, they found a way to make it good, so let's start, let's start off the night with Chris Jericho, oh yes, nice, clean-shaven Chris Jericho doing the arms out, pose for his pyro, the whole bit, and yeah, baby, and all that, all this stuff, and the very first thing I thought when he was coming out the rampway, now it's not quite the same, because he's coming out to music sung by his own band, and he's being serenaded to the ring by the, by the audience as well, but he really does do, was doing like an old Lionheart Chris Jericho entrance, pay attention to that, it's gonna come back later, he comes out, and he talks about the match on Sunday being one of the best matches in his career and one of the best matches in AEW. I don't know whether either of those are true. There are matches on that card that were better than Kingston Jericho, for as fun as it was. And there are definitely better matches in Chris Jericho's career, let's be real for a moment. But he sort of comes out very, very apologetic for, not, for being frustrated, being disappointed at the end of the match and not shaking Eddie Kingston's hand. He wants to make up to him. Now he calls him out. Kingston comes out, cuts a very serious promo, talks about how he didn't even want to uh, come to the pay-per-view on Sunday because Jericho had, in fact, gotten under his skin. He had him doubting himself. He talked. He started touting up all his, his losses that he's had recently. Um, and then he went to the, the, the fan expo, the fan event thing, and he met a couple of people that said, like, hey, I read your article, your your stuff that he wrote a while ago. I still haven't read it, by the way, for the record. I'm not even going to pretend. But he said, basically, you know, reading your article saved our lives type thing. And he took that with him into the show, and he had the best match of his career, the biggest moment of his life, and all that sort of thing. And you didn't give me that handshake. But that wasn't for me. That was for you, because you're missing something inside, and you're not the man I looked up to. 
but you proved me wrong in the match. He sort of he sort of went off the, the rail a little bit with this, because he said, you're not the man I once looked up to, but then he goes back and he says, you're still the man, you're still the shit, you're still number one, but you need to know whether that's enough, whether that's going to fill the hole inside of you. Jericho gives him the handshake, gives him the respect, whatever. They're interrupted by Daniel Garcia and 2.0, and you think what's about to happen is a three-on-two beatdown, and it's a three-on-two beatdown that is saved, quote-unquote, and I'll use that in tight air quotes, by Santana and Ortiz. So now, you figure it's Jericho, Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz versus these three guys, but Jericho turns, and now it's four-on-three the other way. It's Jericho, Gar Garcia, and 2.0 taking out Santana, Ortiz, and Kingston. Hager comes out, pretending to go to Jericho and be like, what the hell? What are you doing? What are you thinking? Rah, 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 rah. And then he takes out his old, like, ex- uh, inner circle members, and now it's a five-on-three beatdown. They hold they hold up Kingston, you know, sacrifice style. He gets the bat to the face. Hager takes him to the outside, and with a little bit of help from everybody, power bombs him from the apron to the table to the floor, and Chris Jericho, basically they lay their vests out on Santana and Ortiz, signifying the end of the, of the, I was about to say the Undisputed Era, that's not even related to this, signaling the end of the inner circle, and Chris Jericho says, you know, this is the Jericho Appreciation Society, and that's entertainment, which was perfect, and I will tell you why. They took something I hate that AEW does way too much and made me love it. They took the whole, oh, I'm a wrestler, you're just a sports entertainer, and you know what? He took him out tonight, he took out the, the wrestlers, because 2.0, despite being uh, comedy guys, are really good wrestlers. Daniel Garcia is the, the serious wrestler of that group, and Kingston is the guy that seriously wants to come in and get his stuff done, he doesn't want to be an entertainer, and he doesn't know what a face and a heel are, ha ha ha, he doesn't know what a promo is, ha ha, yeah, but the entertainers just kick the shit out of you. This made me smile in all the ways. You know what didn't make me smile, though? Having my intelligence insulted by AEW, by a company that 30 seconds ago or less I was giving a lot of credit to, because they tried to convince me that Dante Martin was worthy of a world title match, guys. We had Hangman Page versus Dante in a world title match. The only inter- I shit you not. Page is- Dante Martin's a great athlete, okay, he's in, a, he's in a company full of great athletes that are more exciting and have more character than him. He's in there with Page, who in, in, in himself is good, but I care more about his challengers than I do about him. The only thing that made me pop in this entire match was Dante trying to chop Hangman and him no-selling the chops. Buckshot Lariat, Hangman gets the win, Page is in the ring with Tony Schiavone, and Paige does the nice guy thing. He calls Dante back to the ring. He's like, you've had it so rough. You've had it so hard. Your brother was injured. You had to try and be a singles guy. Duh, duh, duh. Even though it's not true, they've done a Naomi with Dante Martin and tried to partner him up with every over person that they can, and it still didn't work because he's still boring as fuck. But he says, oh, you know, you're going to go be a tag team wrestler again, but if you ever want to do this match again, you know, I'd be happy to give you another go. And while I'm watching this, while I'm watching this, first of all, Adam Cole comes and saves this this segment in a second. In the back, <coughs> behind Hangman Page, there's one sign. There's one sign being held up above the heads of of Hangman Page. Sorry, my brain just fell out of my ear. Hangman Page and Tony Schiavone behind them. There's a big sign. That says hashtag Free Kane. And all I'm gonna say, because I don't want to get in trouble on YouTube, is fucking yes. 
hashtag free Kane. And I don't mean Kane from WWE. If you don't know, look it up or check any really, really, really biased news headline in the past little while. Cole comes out to save the segment, though, and congratulates him on a fluke win. He says, I want another shot at you. Next week, we're going to have a six-man tag, and I've already got the best tag team in AEW to back me up. So go find whoever you want. He never names anybody, because obviously you want to sow the seeds of dissension between Adam Cole's friends, between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, and that's a cool little dangler for later on in the night. Next, we have the Workhorsemen. Who? What? It doesn't matter. Getting their asses handed to them by the brand new formed tag team of Brian Danielson and John fucking Moxley with William fucking Regal in their corner. Now, thank you Regal Chance throughout this match. And this match was an absolute murder squash. It was them being taken apart technically by Brian Danielson. It was them being taken apart decidedly not technically by Moxley. It was good. They lost, obviously, because of course they did. As I always do, I always pop for Moxley doing the X-Plex, because to me that's that's still Pete Dunne's move. But uh, Daniel Bryan, or sorry, Brian Danielson uh, stomps to the face into the bell lock for the win. Tony Schiavone comes in to interview William Regal. He's very, 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 very overtaken by the whole situation. Takes the says he hasn't been on TV on TBS with Schiavone in like 29 years or something like that. He says I want to take this time publicly on a, on national TV and I want to thank you for all the ways you helped me back in the day. I'm not going to get into it, but you know what you did for me. Thank you to Schiavone. Schiavone got a lot of love tonight. I'm not going to lie. That's that's kind of cool to see. And then he just goes incredibly into how Daniel uh, Brian Danielson is the wrestler that he would have been. He's the perfect wrestler. He's the wrestler that he would have been if he didn't have all of his his demons and his past issues and whatnot. And then he looks over at John Moxley, who he met 11 years ago, and they spent a year kicking the shit out of each other. And he says, you know, you got the perfect wrestler over here, you got the perfect mauler over here, and uh, anybody who steps in the ring with them, you're not going to like the result. So, AEW who already have a ridiculous tag team division. I've always said that. Even when they were trying to take out good NXT, I always said, we had women's wrestling, they have tag team wrestling. They have a ridiculous tag team division. And they just added another team to it. Now, will that be a theme for the night going forward, moving on? Will it? Mm. It's another dangler, isn't it? In the back, Dark Order is getting interviewed by somebody. I can't remember who it was, not gonna lie. Uh, what asking, <coughs> asking them what their relationship with Hangman Page is going to be like. And then Hangman Page happens to walk by and they're like, oh, you know, which one of us do you want to tag team with you next week against Cole and, and, and whoever he's got? And he says, well, actually, Jurassic Park, you know, Jurassic Express just saw me in the hallway there and they asked if they could tag with me because they, uh, they want a piece of the box, assuming that it was going to be the box. Um, and, uh, and Dark Order sit there looking all disappointed and and bummed and, and whatever and I think uh, Johnny Hungy at one point said why why don't you make it me and Anna Jay and I thought that would be that would be really amusing really entertaining it's not going to happen because mixed tag team wrestling doesn't happen properly in uh, mainstream North American wrestling unless you're watching Impact so shout out to Impact shout out to everything that Matt Cardona and Jordan Grace have been doing recently for the social what is it the digital media championship in Impact because it's a lot of fun. I really like Jordan Grace and Matt Cardona is reaching a point that I never thought Zack Ryder could because he's not Zack Ryder anymore. Moving on. It's announced. They really shoehorned this in. We had an extra match just in case the world title match didn't go the hour distance. 
suck my dick if I'm going to watch Dante Martin in a world title match for an hour. Get the fuck out of here. But we do have a filler match, and it's presented as a filler match, which is really unfortunate because it's Wheeler Yuta versus Pac. And there's no, there's no story here. There's no rivalry really here. So all I can really tell you is it's a really well-wrestled match between Pac and Wheeler Yuta. Until the end, uh, Pac hits a top-rope brain ruster, and he turns it into the Brutalizer for the win. I will say Alex Abrahantes and the uh, the Lucha Taker, because that's what uh, Penta is right now. He's, he's coming out with the shovel, and Alex Abrahantes is somewhere between the character of Death and the character of Darth Maul. It's very entertaining. It mostly entertains me for how much it winds up everybody else looking at you. Sidgwick. Uh, the best friends are out there as well with Wheeler Yuta, obviously, and Orange Cassidy's arm is in a sling, which doesn't surprise me, because in the face of the Revolution ladder match, he got pitched out of this world by Keith Lee, which was incredibly entertaining, but it does suck. If the, if the sling thing is legitimate, I didn't look it up, I'm not going to lie, but if the sling thing is legitimate, then uh, let's wish, wish him... Uh, I was going to say well in his future endeavors, well in his healing endeavors. Um, Adam Cole is in the back, says he's going to team up with Red Dragon after sort of hinting that he was going to team with the Bucks, and the Bucks sort of <coughs> take him aside, like, away from the camera, but very, very in front of the camera, saying, look, man, we told you we're not going to get involved if it's you and Hangman. So there is, there's stuff being woven there, and I like that, and it's really good, and it means that uh, it's going to reinforce my whole idea that... Uh, the Undisputed Era has infiltrated AEW, and uh, a I guess, uh, what, what, what do I want to say? Agent Undisputed, as much as uh, John Moxley is Agent Ambrose. I'm sure somebody will love me for that. Um, for reasons, FTR are in the back, and they fire Tully Blanchard as their manager. Okay, moving on. Andrade, Hardy, family, office. Something I could very, very much do without. We come back to the ring, and Andrade and Matt are already kind of bickering. And Matt Hardy says, I'm not I'm not out here in a suit tonight, because whenever I put on that suit, I become an asshole. I've been an asshole to these guys on the team. I've already apologized to them. Um, basically, Andrade wants to fire him from the group. And he says, well, it's going to go to a vote, and my guy's private party will never vote me out. And they do the thumbs up thing, and Private Party puts their thumbs up until he turns around and they put their thumbs down. It's it's a very, very lackluster version of the whole uh, thumbs up, thumbs down Batista thing, but it is an all-on-one beatdown on Matt Hardy by Butcher, Blade, Private Party, Andrade, and the l random lawyer guy that always comes out with them, till they're saved, till he's saved, rather, by Darby Allen and Sting, which makes sense, because Andrade was trying to buy Darby Allen because trafficking, I guess. I don't know. And then, and then, AEW, just when I thought I could laugh you off, you drag me back in, you bastards. I'm back in. Jeff fucking Hardy comes to the ring. But not only Jeff Hardy coming back to the ring, Jeff Hardy coming to the ring with what we've all known as their, their WWE Hardy Boys music, which Twitter was very happy to tell me never belonged to WWE, apparently. It was like uh, free-range music or like free-license music or whatever you want to call it, but the Hardy Boys music exists in AEW. It's like CM Punk used Cult of Personality in WWE and now uses it in AEW. Christian Cage um, using... Uh, I don't know what I don't know what it's called, but the piece of music that he uses from Impact now using it in in AEW. It's very very cool, 
very, very cool. And then you get sort of a, a friendly stare down, but there's a lot of... A lot of intriguing looks, I'll just say, between Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen. Because, let's be real, AEW introduced most of us to Darby Allen, and most of us, myself included, made the immediate comparison to Jeff Hardy. That's gotta be a match soon. That's gotta be a match sooner than later. So fucking good. So fucking good to see the Hardy Boys back together. So fucking good to see the Hardy Boys happy together in AEW. Um, goddamn. Goddamn. So, AHFO is no longer a thing, Inner Circle is no longer a thing, the Jericho Appreciation <laughs> Society is a thing, the Hardy Boys are canon in AEW, and William Regal is managing the tag team of John Moxley and Brian Danielson. This is where we sit right now, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, we get an interview with uh, Shane Swerve Strickland in the back because he also debuted at the pay-per-view along with William Regal. I don't know whether he's going to be heel or face. It's fine. He's going to debut on Friday. He's interrupted by Tony Nese. They make reference to the fact that they've fought on Fridays before. And yeah, Swerve versus Tony Nese is going to happen on Rampage, which is fine and wonderful. And then we get Wardlow coming out, and you think he's going to talk about the Face of the Revolution ladder match and the fact that he won the stupid golden Sonic ring thing, but instead he goes into this whole thing about why he turned on MJF, why he why he would take an offer from MJF in the first place. He grew up poor, he always did stuff for other people, he thought MJF was his ticket to AEW, he wanted to support his mother, he wanted to support his sisters and his family and whatever but he just traded one cage for another, and now I'm free, I'm going to get myself a title shot, and everybody's on notice, rah 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 I don't, I just want everybody else to, and this was kind of cool too, because he knows that everybody wants a piece of MJF, because he's a fucking dickhead, he's like, just so you guys know, uh, I'm not watching his back anymore, so he wasn't challenging everybody directly, it was more so, you guys want your piece of MJF, go for it, but he, and he finished it off by saying, just so you all know, this is now Wardlow's world, so he's going to face whoever, and I say it in tight air quotes, whoever is the TNT champion next week, which is nice. I I don't know what they're doing with MJF. I don't know, because, like I say, they dissolved the inner circle, they dissolved the AHFO. I'm curious as to whether they're also dissolving the pinnacle, because FTR distanced himself from Pelly Blanchard, uh, where that leaves them in the rest of the group, I don't know. Wardlow's obviously left. Uh, Sean Spears's job in the Pinnacle was basically keeping Wardlow in his place. Um, he didn't really have a story of his own to speak of. Uh, Wardlow's going to kill him at some point, I'm sure, just to tie up that loose end. But I don't know where that leaves the Pinnacle. And nobody really touched on it, and MJF wasn't on the show tonight, obviously, because he was destroyed by by CM Punk, and Wardlow obviously doing the thing at the end where he couldn't find the ring, and he couldn't find the ring, and then he found the ring, and he left it on the on the side of the ring, pun intended. Uh, I heard you like rings, so I put a ring on your ring. Um, I did see a great thing, and, and uh, it is people just trying to get their digs into WWE, but this one was actually uh, kind of clever. Uh, WWE is the company that fired Punk on his wedding day, AEW is the company that liked it, so they put a ring on it. Now that's cheesy as fuck, but it's also kind of funny. Jurassic Express versus The Acclaimed in a tag team championship match. Now this, this is a challenger that's deserving. 
The acclaimed are awesome. The acclaimed have personality. The acclaimed are really, really exciting to watch in the ring. They have great character. They have a definite direction. They have everything that Dante Martin doesn't. Moving on. Um, big points to Max Caster for re referencing the Batman in his rap on the way to the ring and also saying that uh, Jungle Boy didn't have pubes. So that was, that was interesting. I will say the Batman... Much like this episode of Dynamo, uh, sorry, not this episode of Dynamo, The Batman, much like Revolution, was really, really, really fucking long, and I can't believe they got as much into it as they did, much like Revolution. Um, told a really cool story in the match. Um, now, what I'm about to say, I don't mean to imply that Luchasaurus is not an athlete, because he absolutely is, but as far as the dynamic between the two teams, you've got two athletes versus an athlete and a monster, and then... At, its, at a certain point in the match where they flip the switch, the monster also proves that he's a hell of an athlete. And it's a, it was a really cool story to tell. There was a double team that was foiled at one point. Um, basically, he was setting up for what would eventually be a springboard doomsday lariat type thing. Uh, but a power slam, a mic drop, and a near fall for the acclaimed. Uh, they do radio stuff on the outside. They clock Luchasaurus in the head so that the focus can be on Jungle Boy because he's one of the pillars, which is fine. They do actually eventually hit the Doomsday Lariat thing and get the win. They didn't hit the Thoracic Express, which was kind of a bummer because I like that move. But this new thing where, Jung uh, where uh, Luchasaurus has somebody up on their shoulders, but he's still helping Jungle Boy up the turnbuckle to come to come springboard and do the Lariat off of his shoulders Doomsday style is a nice sort of secondary finisher between the two of them, I suppose. Number one contendership match between, I mean, obviously Jurassic Express retain. Uh, they're going to team with Hangman Page next week against basically the Undisputed Era. Apparently, the group that was known as the Undisputed Era are eventually going to be known as the Paragon, because apparently that's a license that's been filed, but I haven't seen anything about that just yet, so they're the Undisputed Era until further notice. Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa in a number one contenders match for the women's championship next week. Um, cool story here as well, because as much as I love Thunder Rosa, uh, as much as the stuff between her and Britt Baker is great, as much as the lights out match last year was absolutely phenomenal, and she's got charisma to spare, I do think Layla Hirsch is going insanely underrated. She had her match with Chris Statlander on Sunday. It was great. Statlander is obviously awesome, and fucking smoking hot to boot. But Layla Hirsch... Um, put her in the ring with Britt, uh, with Britt Baker at some point. Give her a title shot where she at least looks like she should be in a title shot. Don't necessarily give her the title. I, I don't mean that, but put her in the conversation or at least put her, put her in there against Jade because anybody is better than Jade Cargill. Uh, Thunder Rosa gets the win. <coughs> Tony Schiavone gets on the mic. She, he leaves commentary. He gets on the mic to let her know that apparently Dynamite is in her hometown Next week, she's getting another shot at Britt Baker and at the Women's Championship, and it's going to be in a steel cage match to keep out Jamie Hayter, Rebel Not Reba, Reba Not Rebel, and I guess Mercedes Martinez if she chooses to get involved, etc. So that's going to be a lot of fun for next week. Main event tonight, though, was, and I, I, I love the fact that they sort of we weaseled their way into this, um, Scorpio Sky was promised a TNT Championship shot before the winner of the Face of the Revolution ladder match got their TNT title shot, which I guess is good for him because he'd rather face Sammy Guevara than Wardlow because Wardlow's going to kill people. Wardlow, I got to say as well, for somebody who hasn't spoken that much, 
is is not too bad on the mic. He's not he's not setting it on fire. He's not like a, like a Jericho or a Rock or anybody like that. But he's way more like I guess I guess the word I'm looking for is like he's more at ease on the mic and way less awkward than I think I expected him to be because I'd never really thought, hey, I wonder if Wardlow can get on there and cut a cut a promo for himself because he's always been the muscle for MJF, but shout out to him for that as well. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara, you're not going to get a bad match out of these two guys. Bit of brawling on the outside right at the beginning. Um, Sammy throws him into the steps nice and early and pulls out a table, and here's where the whole match goes to shit, doesn't it? Because Sammy, doing the whole, I'm climbing the turnbuckle, I'm crazy, goes for a 630 splash on Scorpio Sky on the table on the outside, except Scorpio Sky moves, so 630 splash into the table, into the floor, and Sammy Guevara fucks himself. Uh, Tay Conte comes down for the drama as the medics are checking him out as they go into the commercial break. When he comes back from the commercial break, he's he's telling the medics, no, I gotta go in there, I gotta finish the match. Um, doing the, the doing the sparky baby face thing. Spits in, uh, spits in Scorpio Sky's face. They brawl. Paige Van Zant and Conte trash talk each other on the outside. There's a springboard cutter, a super kick, a GTH, and a shooting star that is blocked by Scorpio Sky. Paige Van Zandt attacks Tay Conti on the outside. The distraction leads to a TKO by Sky, and he is your new TNT champion. They beat the hell out of Sammy Guevara. They beat the hell out of Tay Conti. They throw Tay Conti on top of the fallen Sammy Guevara, and Paige Van Zandt, who was supposed to sign her contract with AEW at Revolution and didn't, signs her contract on Tay Conti's ass to end the show. This, this was the reset. This was the new day one. This was the season premiere of of AEW. Look at everything we did. We got rid of the AHFO. We got rid of the, I'm going to say it again, we got rid of the inner circle. We got a new tag team in Danielson and Mox. We got the fucking Hardy Boys with the proper music and all. We've got... I don't know what else we got. Temporarily, we've got a new TNT champion, even though something tells me that he's gonna fucking die next week when he faces Wardlow. We've got Swerve debuting on Friday. Oh, Keith Lee's gonna kick the shit out of QT Marshall on Friday. That's gonna be fun. We've got Britt Baker and Thunderosa one more time in a cage next week. We've got the insistence on... AEW thinking that Dante Martin is a thing. I guess the power of the armband is bigger and better than I ever thought it could be. But as a whole, this show, this whole show was fucking phenomenal. The Jericho Appreciation Society popped me. Then they got me right in the feels with the Jeff Hardy, with the Hardy Boys reunion. This was a fucking, this was a hell of a show. There is so much good wrestling happening right now. It's absolutely unfucking believable. Um,. And this is in the week that uh, NXT decided to put their title on somebody that's not on their show. I'm going to leave you with that. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.